The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome. I'm Diana Clark, and this is my dear friend, Tanya. It's a pleasure to be teaching with Tanya. It's, oh, I, I just think it's great, so thank you. And for me, yes. So tonight's class is when we're talking about the hindrances. <laughs> so if you were thinking that it was going to be some, something else, um, you should, maybe you could stay anyway. <laughs> so what are the hindrances? We'll start to unpack this and discuss it and explore it and... Um, in these um, upcoming weeks. But we could, in general, as a really big, broad brush, just say that these are kind of energies, maybe I'll say, or mental states that prevent us, that get in the way, that inhibit, that hinder us from being the best versions of ourselves. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, what that means. They um, definitely show up in meditation, and they definitely show up in daily life. So the things that we learn in meditation can help us in our daily life, and the other way around, too. So for this class, it's um, four weeks, and we'll be doing kind of an experiential approach. Uh, Tanya and I will do some talking and some teaching, but there also will be guided meditations and opportunities for discussions within small groups and larger groups to kind of feel your way through and kind of explore them rather than just learning about them, which is often a little little bit more fun. And uh, maybe I'll say at the beginning that um, you're welcome to take one of these teachings or discoveries or anything that you find helpful. You're willing to take that with you and whatever doesn't seem helpful or relevant or appropriate or... I hope it's not harmful, but if I find anything like that, you can leave that behind. So uh, kind of an invitation to find your own way with this and no expectation that everything is going to land perfectly, maybe. So you can find your what resonates with you. Is anybody new to IMC? Okay, okay, great. I had a few, a few things I was going to say about IMC, but I don't need to. So, to, just to talk a little bit more about the hindrances, I'll say that one way, if we want to find more peace, more spaciousness, more freedom, more ease it can be enormously beneficial to explore what's getting in the way. What are the obstacles of this peace, freedom, ease, spaciousness? And more specifically, I'll say that um, a big part of meditation practice is actually working with these things, obstacles that get in the way. It's easy to think when we read Dharma books or sometimes when we hear Dharma teachers or we come to a Dharma center or any of these things, sometimes we might think about, oh, it's just about sitting down, closing your eyes and like having some particular experience. But so much about meditation is about working with these obstacles. It's an integral part. It's not something that's on the side that you have to do only sometimes. It's 
it's part of the path, absolutely part of it. And sometimes even uh, recognizing that can be helpful as opposed to thinking like, okay, well, as soon as this thing that's just bothering me goes away, then I can meditate. It's like, no, 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 actually, meditation includes that and is part of it. It's kind of like a key shift in our perspective or a key shift in the way that we think about things. So there's a um, teachings in the... uh, ancient Buddhist uh, literature and don't worry, Tanya and I are not going to be talking a lot about ancient Buddhist literature but there is this teaching that uh, the Buddha gives that I really like it it, it touches me and that is this um, analogy that when there's uh, there's water at the top of the hill there's only one place it's going to go there's only one place downhill, right? That's just the only place it's going to go. This isn't rocket science. It's not a trick question. It's only going to go downhill. But when water goes downhill and starts to form, you know, some water from here and some water from there and starts to form a river, rivers don't go straight downhill. They don't go perfectly straight the absolute uh, fastest way. Rivers have boulders in them and the river and the water comes up and touches the boulder and goes over goes around maybe it sprays up it there's all kinds of things that it does but it definitely has an intimate contact with those boulders so in the same way our meditation practice and i would say maybe i can even generalize and say our lives are going a direction and and having this contact with boulders, obstructions, things that get in the way, is part of the path. We don't have to think that we're doing it wrong, that it's only happening to us, that everybody else is clearly enlightened because they were sitting there uh, quietly while in our meditation we're really might be struggling or having some difficulties. So I said that uh, we weren't going to talk about a a lot of uh, ancient Buddhist literature, but here's one more. Just the fact that these five types of boulders, these five types of obstructions, these five hindrances were mentioned thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. How many people have been practicing for the, if you think all these thousands of years and that life was so different thousands of years ago so these two things the number of people and even a life that was so different than ours they're still, they were talking about what we ourselves are still talking about things that hinder things that we think are getting in the way that we think are somehow obstructing us but it's part of the human experience nobody's immune nobody is immune it's just part of what it is to be a human and what it is to have a meditation practice okay so what are these five hindrances 
We can think about them. Um, there's a, well, here's one way to think about them. I'll just do a really broad brush just for us to start. And then um, in the ensuing weeks, we'll kind of unpack them, talk about them, and um, work with them some more. So one is really, uh, really, really wanting something. Often it's uh, sensory pleasures, but in such a way that there's kind of like this pull, like, I want this. And there's this sense of just this, and sometimes our awareness, our attention just gets focused on, I just want this. Everything would be fine if I could just have this. Sometimes we have it maybe not in such an obvious way when we like buying something or eating something or like, okay, everything's going to be fine if I could just eat this, have this, buy this, own this. So that's one, this kind of leaning forward, wanting. And then, of course, the opposite is pushing away. I don't want this. Please make this go away or damn it, make this go away. As well as this... Um, this um, a pushing away as opposed to a pull it's kind of a push and you can see I'm, using, I'm moving my body when I'm doing this it kind of has that feeling too there's this for me there is this kinesthetic feeling for some people it'll be more of a mental uh, orientation maybe a mental perspective all of our minds are different so you can explore it for yourself whether it's more of a kind of a body thing or a mind thing so those are two and then there's uh, this idea of like the amount of energy. There can be this time when we want to do something, but we just can't sit still, and there's all these things that we have to do, and the mind is thinking about all those things that we forgot to do, and I better remember to take that out of the freezer because tomorrow I'm going to cook this, and oh my gosh, I forgot to do that, and blah, blah, blah. Right? Sometimes our minds have that kind of a feeling, this restlessness and energetic. So that's the third one, kind of the energy's high. And then the opposite of that, of course, is when the energy is really low and we can just barely stay sitting up right. right? We kind of call that sloth and torpor. Not usually in my vocabulary, but just kind of low energy. That's the fourth one. And then the fifth one is this real kind of a sense of vacillation, hesitation, a little bit of confusion. I don't know, should I really be doing this? Maybe I should go do some other practice. I don't know, Sufi dancing, they seem like they have more fun. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I don't know, do these people really know what they're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I shouldn't do this. This kind of this hesitation, this vacillation, this not being sure. We kind of call that the skeptical doubt. So sensory desire, aversion, restlessness, <laughs> sloth and torpor, and this kind of like, I'm not sure, doubt. I kind of acted them out for, <laughs> sometimes that's easier than just the words. So, I think with that, I'll turn this over to Tonya. So, I'm going to do a guided um, reflection and meditation practice of about 20 minutes. 
So if you want to take whatever posture is um, supportive for you. And I'm going to just start by reading a few words and um, definitions. Just give you a chance to, again, connect with this idea of a hindrance. And um, before I do, I just want to say, and, and be mindful of if you start to create some object out of these ideas that it's not like a hindrance is that we're talking about is, is actu- an actual boulder, right? It's energetic. It's, it's, um, it's something that is st- kind of comes together through a variety of things like beliefs and wants, which are natural, right? Or not wanting. And, and then we start to create an energetic and sort of thought pattern flow. So, so there, th- when you're practicing and it feels like it's so overwhelming, it can be helpful to remind yourself, oh, ah, this is energy. This is energy. So how do I work with it? All right. So first... What does it mean to be hindered? Avert, avoid, be a drag, derail, impede, holding pattern, pull to limit the ability of someone to do something or limit the development of something. Being hindered blocks our natural state. The blocks prevent the natural arising of peace, ease, and joy. The forces that hinder disrupt the mind's natural state. Unhindered not slowed or blocked or interfered with. Maybe just connecting with what it feels like to not be blocked, not slowed. An outlet for a healthy and unhampered action. The unhindered is a natural state. Our nature is calm peaceful, and a natural joy arises from within. So take a moment to recognize whatever energetic presence is in your body, heart, mind, now. This kind of Recognizing if there's maybe, as Diana suggested, a feeling of leaning in. Maybe you like my voice and so there's a feeling of leaning in. Or maybe you don't like my voice and there's a feeling of leaning back, pulling back, whether it's physical or visceral. Maybe whatever else is going on in your body, heart, mind from your day is affecting this energetic flow of moving toward 
away or balanced. And then also there may be difficulty sitting still or staying awake, the energy too low or the energy too high. And maybe you just don't even know. There's no clear sense. There's confusion or a sense of wandering, going in circles. But just recognizing in whatever way you can what's present for you energetically right now. And then bringing an allowing energy. Allowing this to be your experience in this moment. Being with it, with awareness, presence. And as you're with it in this allowing, accepting way, Focusing on the feeling, again, finding and feeling the presence of this energy or how it's shifting, how it's shifting, potentially changing as you become aware, as you recognize and allow it to be here. And it can be helpful to also sort of tease apart the different aspects of this energy. Noticing the thoughts that might be fueling. You might notice that there are certain belief that comes up like, but I really deserve this. And notice this belief or this view, this opinion, this perception. Notice that this affects the energy. So seeing the view, the thought as one part and the physical experience as another. Teasing it apart and allowing all the parts to have space. Just being with it for a moment. Noticing any lessening or intensifying of the energies. Noticing any pauses or gaps in the space. And then let's take a deep breath in. And with the exhale, sort of let go of this focused practice. And I'm going to do a guided, imaginary, pretend exercise, inviting you to kind of connect with what it's like 
when there aren't hindrances bothering you. So this is just exploring. It's a pretend or a remembering practice. It's allowing the mind the freedom to imagine. So just think about the possibility of engaging in your life, even with something pleasant or unpleasant or confusing, without the extra hindering energy. Just imagining being at ease and non-resisting. And recognizing here in this moment, in this actual body, in this actual room, in this place, whatever freedom you feel from those kinds of compulsive energies. Maybe finding yourself sitting more and more upright, more and more steady and grounded, feeling the feet firmly here. And as we notice perhaps a leaning forward, we can bring a caring attention to the mind and body. And we'll find that it just lets go and drifts back to stillness and uprightness on its own. Or if we find we're leaning away and we bring a wise and caring attention to this leaning, the mind and body just find that it lets go. And we just slowly come back to this centered, upright place, softening back into stillness. Maybe when we're slumping or drifting, but we bring a caring and wise attention. The mind and body allows the energy to flow and support awareness and awakeness. And imagine if we find ourselves restless, shaking, or unable to be still. Noticing this, this uneasy energy in the body, bringing a caring and wise attention to it. And it's as if someone has slowly let the extra air out of a tire or made the room a lot bigger for the bouncing balls. And the energy gradually slows, gradually stills to stillness and centering. And imagine feeling confused and uncertain and undirected, wandering, not knowing which path to take, and recognizing this with a caring and wise attention And as we do, the mind and body experience like the fog lifting as the confusion slowly drifts away and there's brightness and clarity and clear seeing. And in this place of balance, ease and presence, we can recognize what supports us. 
we can delight, enjoy, harmonize, connect, rest, becoming light and free just as a bird wherever it goes flies with its wings as its only burden so too we become content And in this way, just imagine practicing with breathing, recognizing, allowing, feeling, bringing wise and caring attention to your inner world. And allow the natural stilling and settling and centering practice and process to support you. And here, one last time in the meditation, using the practice of raft, R-A-F-T, recognizing, that's the R, 
the energies, the experience you're having now. And the A is accepting, allowing this to be your experience here. And feeling in the body what this visitor, this energy feels like. And if there is confusion or difficulty, teasing apart the views, the opinions, the beliefs, the wants, from the physical sensations, from the pureness of just being here, bringing that wise and caring attention and letting the wisdom and the caring do their healing work. becoming aware of whatever ways there's more lightness, ease, balance, whatever lessening there is from any of the hindrances or that energies. Just appreciating that here for a moment. Thank you. Okay. So with that guided meditation, Tanya led us through a kind of a whistle-stop tour of the (laughs) hindrances and the emphasis on the absence of them too. It's just as important to notice the absence and how it can support us as well as to notice the presence of them. Antonia also introduced us to R-A-F-T, recognize, allow, feel, tease apart. We'll talk more about that and there's a handout. So, But now I'd like to open it up for questions and comments. Would anybody like to share what that meditation was like? Any questions you have or something you'd like to say? at this time. We'd love to hear from you. We've been doing all the talking up here and we'd like to hear how things are going on out there. And we've got two mics and um, because we're recording this class in case um, somebody comes later and wants to hear it or next week if you can't come and you want to hear it, it'll be available. So 
it helps to talk in the mics for the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I was very interested um, to hear you call the hindrances compulsions to think of those as compulsive things that are happening. I'm wondering if you think that we have good compulsions. Like, do we, are those existing? Do, I mean, the happy things that we just naturally experience, the contentment that we naturally experience? I guess uh, the way I would answer this is to say that... Um, there's a momentum, an inner momentum that can build and it can either move us toward things that are supportive and unhindering or it can kind of build and kind of create more and more compli- complications and difficulty. And um, and so, you know, there's this way of thinking about things as wholesome or unwholesome. And so I would say that we can absolutely cultivate momentum internally that is supportive and... I think when something starts to feel like a compulsion, there's a, a being a caughtness in it that means there's not freedom. And I would say that that's not, not wholesome or um, helpful. It would be hindering. Is that helpful? Yeah. Thank you for your question. Um, it was really helpful to be reminded that hindrances were there thousands of years ago because I have this illusion in my mind that if I could just get back to this time when think, when humans were smoother and didn't have so much and so that's really it's just nice to know that it's just the human experience period um, and also the visualization of you talked about like the bouncing balls and then making more space and I just saw that in my mind as all of these balls finally settling and there was just somehow this like ah like all the thoughts just not stopping but just at rest it was freeing that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Anybody else have a comment or question? Um, the pushing away part, I was kind of confused about that because there's some things that we just don't look forward to, so we the idea is to just let it come our way even though we still don't want to experience certain things yeah so and the hindrances are about what's happening this moment so if there's uh, a pain in the knee because the pushing away but the reality of the moment is there's actually a pain in the knee and just like this wish trying to push it away doesn't make it go away that's a little bit different than thinking about, oh, there's this thing in the future and I have this relationship with it, I want it or I don't want it, as opposed to what's happening right now. Is that helpful? Does it seem like I answered your question? Maybe, Tonya, do you have something? Well, I would add, I would say it this way. If a bus is coming toward you, 
you need to do everything you can to get out of the way or push it away, right? It's absolutely imperative that you react and respond in the world. And so there are things in our lives that we do need to push away. But a lot of times it's not really a bus. It's, a lot of it is about our own mental kind of relationship to how we feel about things or what we're imagining is coming our way, but it's not really there. And then I think there's a, I do think there's a difference between when you're sitting in meditation, we learn how to not push away. We build a muscle, a strength to be with. But that doesn't mean that when we go into the world, we aren't, you know, agents of change for ourselves or others in ways that are, you know, hopefully healing and supportive. Is that helpful? Yeah. My question's kind of related to that. Just um, this whole idea of acceptance, it's a massive idea. And mm-hmm. I, what I always struggle with is what's the difference between acceptance and complacency and what's the, you know, f- my favorite example is I used to smoke cigarettes and I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Congratulations. Um, and thanks. And I would go to the yoga center and they'd be like, you just have to befriend these things about yourselves and I was like I'm never going to befriend a smoker I don't I will not accept that and so mm-hmm. that sort of experience I would be like mm-hmm. how am I meant to have acceptance around that great what, do you want to go why don't you go Tanya okay um, again I think there's a difference between um, it's, I think it can be very helpful and freeing to think about the difference between Um, what we do when we sit down on a cushion and what we're going to do in life, right? And um, that there may very well be things that you don't want for yourself. They're not wholesome. They're not helpful, you know? But for the practice of meditation, um, if you're sitting and you smell a cigarette you may want to accept and allow that somebody is smoking a cigarette or you may want to get up and move but like just this is a not a in a way this is not a very good example because it's very easy to think about i'm poisoning my lungs right so it might be an easier example to think about sound right where you can hear you're sitting in meditation and a jackhammer starts and there you know, so you might not want a jackhammer in your life, right, when you're sleeping. But if you're meditating, it might be okay to learn how to sit and accept the fact that the jackhammer is happening, the sound is happening, and not be in conflict and fighting about it. And that we learn something quite profound in that process. We learn a lot about our resistance and the way that our resistance or our judgments and our views and our opinions make our experience in life even more difficult and complicated. And so it might be that when it comes to smoking, if you're sitting and you're practicing with the idea of being with somebody around somebody who's smoking and you just kind of are working with that, you might recognize if there's an allowing that this person is a smoker accept and allow this is their choice right 
This is not something you can control. You can choose what you do. But in the moment you're having this thought, accept and allow this thought is here. (laughs) Practice with sort of being with. And it might be that you start to notice, oh, I have a lot of judgments. Oh, and there's self-hatred here too because I used to smoke. Oh, and then there's my father who smoked and made me smell of cigarettes, you know. And all of this stuff might come up. And just by practicing within sort of this allowing attitude of instead of just banishing that you might allow certain things to be seen and unwind in you. Diana, can you add to that? Clarify? Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll just say this. So this allow, this A in raft, allow or accept, it's about aligning with the reality of the moment. Yeah. It's not about passivity it's not about condoning it's not about not setting boundaries it's not about complacency yeah it's just saying okay this is the truth of this moment can i wreck it can i be aligned with it and then act accordingly then act from that place as opposed to somehow not really being with what's actually happening. So an example is, I'm jealous, but I don't want to be jealous. What happens when I'm jealous and I, I don't want to be jealous? And somebody says, you're jealous, aren't you? And I say, no, I'm not. Right? We do, and we do this to ourselves. We get in these fights with ourselves about what's actually, it's already here, I'm jealous. It's, I'm just, it's, I'm accepting it. It's like, it's so much more truthful, more easeful. I'm going to accept that this is what's happening. Not condone it. Mm-hmm. Not want to act from it. But, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Great. So, now we thought it might be um, helpful and interesting to talk about some of these uh, things amongst yourselves. So um, I'd like to encourage you to get to uh, groups of three. It doesn't divide evenly into three, so there'll be a few groups of four. And then once you do that, I'll um, give you some questions and some ways then that you can talk. So you can move the chairs, you can get up and move around and just um, find yourself in a group of three or a group of four. Maybe you guys can be a group of four here, maybe? I have some water, thank you. Okay. Oh, so we have some. (laughs) Okay, so we have three. Does anybody not have a group? Okay, so you guys are a group of three? And you guys are a group of three? Three. Okay. So. So here's the first thing. I'm going to give you like one thing and then um, you'll, and then I'll give you something else and then something else. So the first part is really simple. That, um, can just go uh, around the group and say, 
your name, of course, and one sentence, just a one sentence, what is your hope or your aspiration for being here this evening? Was there something that uh, you're hoping to get out of this or I don't know, what, what brought you here? But we don't have time for a long story. <laughs> so maybe just as a, just you can just share one or two sentences. And I'm going to ring the bell again and pretty soon. So hopefully it's, uh, has, you have an opportunity to go around the circle. Okay, thank you. And maybe to make it easier, the person who is sitting the closest to this big uh, glass wall with these windows goes first. Okay, thank you. Is there anybody who had, hasn't had a chance to speak yet? Okay. So now, it's often the case that of these five hindrances, there's one that's most familiar to us. There's one that shows up in our meditation, it shows up in our daily life a lot. This uh, kind of sensory pleasure, desire, um, or aversion, restlessness, sloth and torpor, or doubt. Kind of this doubt, like this skeptical hesitancy. So if you could go um, around the circle and talk about uh, what hindrance is most familiar to you. Everybody's has a, is a little bit different. And maybe you can speak for one minute or something like this. It's more just to kind of gain some familiarity. So you can begin. Mm-hmm. 
Has everybody had a chance to speak? Have you had a chance to go around? Okay, so here's one more question. So how does it feel, the absence of that hindrance, the one that you're the most familiar with, how does it feel when it's not there? What is that like? And maybe the next person who who was, if you're going around, like who was going to be the next one, you could start to speak. Okay, thank you. Uh, 
happen very often. But when I have that sense of there's a lot of like happiness Okay, so, um, you know what would be really nice if you kind of stayed close to your people and just sort of turned inward, because I want to invite each group um, to share a little bit, and so if if there's somebody who feels in each group comfortable um, being the initial spokesperson for their group, that would be that would be really nice. So maybe I'll start over here. Anybody in your group feel willing to share a few words about what this was like? And you don't have to um, like summarize the whole conversation, or yep. just say like what was noteworthy, what was a theme, what was for something new for you personally, or something, some, something. <laughs> but don't feel like you have to represent everybody and say everything. Okay. Um, one of the things that I thought was so unique and special is that we each um, we each had a deeper identity with different hindrances. Ah. So that was, and we're friends, and she thought she was going to guess mine, and it was not the one. So that was fascinating. And then when we when we flipped it to what the opposite was, I already so visualized that for our group, like. I saw her as brave and I saw, you know, just the, the group, um, energy of holding that for the others, like the speaking on the liberation of what it would feel like. So, um, that sounds really, um, supportive. How do you think that might affect your relationship to the hindrances to have seen that, to seen so clearly and somebody else, you know, what the opposite would be. How do you, how could that apply to yourself? You know, I think it's the same 
lesson that I, I experience reoccurringly of seeing so much freedom and bravery and peace in others and knowing that that's all available for myself as well, whether it's on the mat or in life. Yeah. Um, so that I can hold that, I can hold that space for myself too as I practice, but yet I s- just see it in droves for everyone here. And I think we're, I'm personally, I'm never tired of a reminder that we're all having the same experience that, that we all have these hindrances that they're universal is I I never tire of it myself. Great. Do you mind bringing the mic to the next group? You, you guys wanted to add anything? I'm sorry. Okay, great. Nothing fancy. Just how was it for you to share in your group? It was great um, mm. sharing, and we uh, almost had just a couple of us had one similar, mm. uh, uh, not similar, but th- yeah, similar, and and um, we had different, and we're here. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward. We're looking forward to more definitions of how it really plays. Okay. Yeah, I think this one thing I'd add, just like I think this one not clear what ill will means here. It could mean okay. very different things. I think that was one thing that came out of this discussion. What we're not really sure what ill will means. Was it just toward a person or just pushing away something? I think that's what not clear in this. Yeah, it's a real range. It can be very subtle, sort of like I wish that person would trip. You know, like oh, let them let them get the smallest piece. You know, or you know, there, it can be that subtle, and it can be I want to kill you. I mean, it, it really, it can be the, this huge range. But essentially, it's just so, it's the ill will, wishing will, ill on another, right? But yeah. the other, other term that was was aversion. It could just be an aversion to mm-hmm. anything, right? Not just yeah. like a person. And we can condition aversion, you know, we can, yeah, aversion, we can just kind of not like to be cold and we can get get very averse to being in the cold and we can add that you know to an experience yeah I was just like aversion to cold is much it's a much better feeling than like wanting to kill somebody yeah, I think it's such a range of yes. healing in one way. Yeah, there's just very I would take that but you know desire is the same thing too right I mean desire can be have this huge range and it, it can be it could be helpful in some ways, and it can lead us to destroy relationships or families or nations because we want what we want. We want the oil, or we want this, or you know, our desire can be so strong. So, thank you. Anybody else from your group want to add anything? Do you wouldn't mind getting it to the next group? I was voluntold to speak for our group. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> so it seems that it was pretty clear from the beginning that we had read the buzzwords for what the class was about, and we were hanging on to those. Which were what? Well, we seem to have some similarities that we are very keen on looking for ways to get free of our barriers. Ah, great. And the search for calmness seemed to be resounding. Mm. 
Nice. Was there anything beneficial about having that comment? That's, that's exactly what I wanted to say. And Ronnie had said, I said that I am not very fond, and it's not personal, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, guided meditation. Yes. So he said, well, there's your homework, you know. <laughs> you have to learn how to get over it. So that's what I learned. Thank you. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, so with us, I feel like we had uh, very similar uh, issues. Uh, and I thought it was interesting because uh, Jamie has been practicing for a bit longer than we have. <laughs> Quite a bit longer. <laughs> and... Um, some of the issues that I feel like I have had just beginning, he has also had, and I, he has mentioned that it has gotten better for him. I don't know. It was just interesting. Yeah. yeah. How was it to hear that it got better? It was good. Yeah. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad it gets easier. Yeah. But I see that there's still like the universal human problems yeah. with this kind of stuff. So it's neat. Yeah, I guess we, we all uh, mention restlessness as, as something that, that we're dealing with. And um, uh, I guess it's uh, something that is maybe, for me, it's it's um, not as easy to recognize as the others, but it's also not as easy to sort of dispel or or whatever. <laughs> uh, so So that makes it difficult, I guess. Is there, is there um, you know, this is an opportunity maybe to also share what, you know, if you've been practicing with that over time, what helps you recognize it or what helps you practice with restlessness and worry? Um, actually, what you mentioned about um, recognizing when something is absent is, was something that I recently found that another teacher reminded me of and I found it useful to recognize, oh, you know, that whatever, that ill will is not here right now. And um, and also, I guess, when I, when I do manage to sort of focus on whatever the object of my meditation is, I, I guess I, I notice that the restlessness is not there. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, we were all very similar in um, what we noticed and um, that was reassuring and um, I think the big takeaway is how much easier things are once we recognize them Mm. and that there's more space for wholesomeness instead mm. of unwholesomeness. Mm. <laughs> By the way, I have to say that the river analogy is it's amazing. It's mm. just the water comes up to it, the water goes over it, it can flood over mm-hmm. it, but it's there, it's a part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that that um, in recognizing that that's similar for everyone, 
when we understand that that's like a human factor and that we're there and we're experiencing that and we can give ourselves a little bit of compassion for being there, yeah. then all of a sudden that has broken loose the ability for me to have compassion for other people in situations where I never thought I would have an ounce of compassion for the particular other person. So it's a huge <laughs> gift. So this is a good time for other questions about well, what is ill will or how do I work with this or you know just any other you know questions you might have um, for us in the group. So the definition of You would like a more of a definition of the five hindrances. So there's a list on the other side of the page, Kumi. If you flip the page over right, there's the five. This is the classical way that they're um, sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt. But she's asking for a definition. I see. So, um, we will give, uh, in the ensuing weeks, you'll get something like this. We'll go into some more gory details about each one. (laughs) Here, we're just kind of introducing you to them. And then next week, we're going to go into some more in-depth. And then the week after that, other ones more in-depth. But we try to give you a feel of them. We think like all, all of us kind of have some idea. What does it feel like just to be restless or not to have enough energy or to really not want something to happen? Yes. Thank you for getting the mic to her. Oh, yeah. Uh, this lady said that she wants to know what to get to a wholesomeness. Yeah. And I don't know what it means. I mean, or maybe you know, or maybe somebody can explain what we're striving for. Mm-hmm. We're looking at each other. Do you, do you want to say, you want to say something, Tony? Yeah, I can see that you're about to speak. So, well, so this is part of um, maybe what I was trying to suggest in the guided meditation and. I know you don't like guided meditations and it was trying to expose you to a lot in a short period of time but the idea that um, these energies can still so what happens when you feel you, you know so sensual desire we're wanting pleasure could be anything could it be that we want to feel better right It's not that any of this is a problem, right, necessarily. It may or may not be. But that feeling of like, oh, I really want chocolate ice cream and I only have vanilla, right? There's a desire and that pulls us away from, we have vanilla right here. You feel that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
Yes and no. I mean, I feel it in real life. Maybe if I see vanilla and I want the coffee rather than the vanilla. But when I sit, and I want to explain why I don't like guided meditation so that you understand that it's not anything personal. Yeah. Or When you talk about these things, immediately my mind wants to think about it. Uh-huh. And it's very hard. And you keep going, and I keep, I'm jumping to another thing, and yeah. then to another thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why it's very hard for me to... Uh, and the vanilla and the ice cream doesn't work here, because in the middle of sitting, I don't crave vanilla uh, ice cream. You know, I want more understanding, maybe, of certain things that one says in yeah. the guided meditation. So maybe we can find another analogy, or maybe yes. there isn't. Maybe I'll yes. find it by myself one day or not. I don't know. I just appreciate, I absolutely appreciate what you're sharing and what you're asking, you know. Um, so to me, wholesomeness is, if you felt, it would be like if, if I could give you the answer that, that felt, ah, like, oh, and you can rest. If I could give you that answer, there might be a relaxing, a sense of trust or ease, a sense of being able to just be with, okay. Does that make sense? It does, actually. Okay. So wholesomeness can be like that, where we're able to just be with ourselves, our experience in the meditation or in life in a place where there's a, a, a real balanced presence, ease, easeful energy in ourselves. Does anybody reach that place for a long time, not just for one moment? Well, I think that's... yes. Absolutely. Oh, well, you have the secret. (laughs) It's not a secret. We're we're sharing it. (laughs) Right? We're going to uh, be talking about this. No, this is well established. That sometimes there's like a temporary kind of abatement of these, and there's a real sense of contentment, a radical sense of contentment. We might think it would be joy or blissful, but it's like, oh, actually, it's okay. <laughs> Everything's okay. It's okay. And it doesn't mean that every experience is pleasant. It doesn't mean that we have exactly what we want. And it doesn't mean that uh, we're comfortable. What it means is that even though we don't have exactly what we want, it's somehow the problemness, the problem quality of us kind of drains out of it the experience is still there but it's just less of a problem and then when it's not a problem then that kind of frees us up for the greatest version of ourselves the most compassionate version of ourselves the wisest version of ourselves to then do whatever's the next thing to do whether that's in meditation or in the real life so this, um, this kind of the, and it's a giant spectrum too with these hindrances. Either they're, you're having a 
uh, kind of like going bonkers with uh, hindrances and just just not able to be still at all. And this giant spectrum of maybe one is quiet, but the other four are really loud, or maybe two are quiet and three are medium and one is loud, or something like this, all the way down here. And so we just practice wherever they are on the spectrum. And we're just this movement towards more and more peace, freedom, ease, and just the sense of it's okay. It's kind of a radical feeling. It doesn't sound exciting if we were to just advertise, come, just, it's okay. That people are like, oh, well, that's, what's that about? But it turns out. <laughs> to be enormously powerful. Pretty great. Really powerful. So what I'm feeling, and I don't, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but there's certainly some energies that's like, what do I do with this? What do I do? How do I work with this? How do I, is that, am I, is that right? Do I feel some of that energy? Is there, are there people sort of wanting a little bit more like, but what do I do? Is that, yes, I see one yes, two yeses. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The mic. Thank you. Hello? Yeah. Okay. So, um, actually, I think you're right. Because when you gave us the example about the jealousy, yeah, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a feeling that it's easy for me to relate, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. The, the the conversations we have it becomes a little bit I don't know I feel like they're too advanced for me for a reason I don't know so um when you said when you gave us that example I was like okay so we recognize we have this feeling jealousy again right yeah we accept that instead of like I don't want to feel it yeah because it's already here uh huh to me it's like more I shouldn't feel jealousy right instead right. of like I don't want to feel it. I, I feel like I shouldn't have it. Right. But it's still I have it, right? Yep. So, yeah, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? What is it going to happen now? I recognize it. I feel it. I recognize it. Yep. Maybe I f- think I feel that I shouldn't be jealous. Right. So you've done, you're in T, the teasing apart. Oh. You've got that, you're in there because you're saying, I think I shouldn't feel jealous. So now you can take, oh, I shouldn't feel jealous and let it have place, and I feel jealous. So you're pulling the two apart. Yeah, I feel like I shouldn't, but I am. So you have to kind of, so here's another acronym, okay? And this is um, the acronym BELLA, which means beautiful, right? And I, I was just listening, this is an acronym from Gil, and I was just listening to a talk by him on this Bella today. And he called the five, the Bellas, five powers to deal with the five hindrances. So, and I like it better from that perspective than using it as a guided meditation. But the five powers are being with. So just be with. Oh yeah, what do you do with this? I feel jealous. I don't think I should, but I feel jealous. Be with it for a minute. That's a B. The E is kind of um, in the raft, but examine it, sort of what is, what's happening for us. And that's, that's a power. 
to be aware, to see it. Not from an analytical place, but from a, oh, like a scientist would observe in nature what the bugs are doing, right? You can examine, understand. L, the first L, is lesson. What can you do to lessen this conflict? Can you say, can you say to yourself, well, I'm already jealous, so it's not helping to tell myself I shouldn't feel. Um, and it might be, you know, whatever it is that helps you lessen the conflict or sort of the aversion, the pressing away, right? The, sec- the second L is to let go. Maybe at that point you go, well, I'm going to let go of this idea that I shouldn't feel jealous because I do, so forget it. And then you just can kind of plop and it, you just get left with, okay, so I feel jealous and I don't really believe in it, I don't want to follow it, but okay, it's here. And then the A is to appreciate when it lessens or goes away, which is really turns out to be really important. Any many moments or longer moments of absence of hindrance are really important, really important. So even, yeah, is that helpful? Yeah. Examine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, microphone, yeah, right there. I have a question. What would be the difference between just accepting mm-hmm. and this whole process? Because we've always, you know, been introduced to, okay, just, it is what it is, accept it, mm-hmm. and whatever we are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it turns out that if we want to have a different uh, relationship to something, anything, or we want to have a different experience, it's enormously helpful to understand that thing better. Why does it arise? What kind of things makes it go away? How do I know when it's here? So that's part of why we have this idea, feel in the body. What's the physical correlate to that experience or to that idea? There's a few reasons for this. One is to feel in the body. The body's always here in the present moment and moves at a different pace than the mind. So the mind is always like spinning stories and is off in the future or off in the past. And then you're no longer kind of accepting. Instead, you're off in a story. So to, uh, to feel it in the body is a way to understand it better and to hang out with it and to notice oh yeah it has this um, uh, it changes in intensity or to understand oh it comes most often after situation X or you know something else that has happened so I get to the place where I can feel it in my body I don't know how to go from there from feeling it in my body to feel to lessen it to lessen it. Yeah. Yeah, so wouldn't it be great if just every time we felt it in our body, it would just go away? <laughs> I agree. There's no, this is perfect, makes perfect sense that that's your expectation and that's what you want. That might happen and it might not happen. It's, um, we don't get to control with how these things are. What we're working with is our relationship to them. Instead, we're converting the experience, making it stop being a hindrance or stop being a problem, to just being an experience. To
taking the, I use this expression, kind of like draining the problemness out of it, draining the, the difficulty out of it, but the situation may still be there. So you may be thinking that in order for you to be with it, it has to lessen, but it might not lessen. How many things in our lives don't do this? Right. <laughs> and and uh, so this is, there's something called a multiple hindrance attack. And sometimes these happen because we recognize a hindrance is present, and then we have a hindrance to the hindrance. So this is part of what we want to look at, and we might repeatedly do the recognize practice. What is going on here? What is my relationship to this experience? I'm feeling this, but, oh, I don't like this. I want this to go away. There's a hindrance right there. So then we might go, oh, let me look at this not wanting this. Right? Kind of like... So there's this way in which maybe jealousy is here and not liking jealousy. So at first we can feel the jealousy in the body, but then we're like, all of a sudden we're just like, I don't, I really don't think I should ever feel jealous. So this starts to build, and pretty soon what's here is this resistance to the feeling of jealousy. It's not, we're not even feeling the jealousy so much, or we are, but on top of it is this aversion, this judgment, this criticism. So we now need to practice with what's on the top, which is the judgment or the aversion. And so we then go, oh, recognize, oh, look at this, a hindrance to the hindrance. So let me accept and allow that I don't like this. And then feel, see if I can, can I feel into that not liking? Oh, ah, it doesn't feel very good, does it? No. And then this is why I say wise and compassionate attention because, oh, I don't like how it feels, but I can go, I can put my hand in my heart and I can go, oh, and I care. I care that this is hard. And I see it and I'm grateful that I can see it. And now I can see that it's not just jealousy, but it's also my aversion to jealousy and my judgment of being jealous. And that sort of also is part of the teasing apart, right? Sort of helping us see these multiple layers of things that are going on. (sighs) Well, I'm human, I get jealous. Is that helpful? How we pay attention, how we notice what's happening is probably the most important thing here. So Diana and I really wanted to sort of talk about these as energies. We really wanted to normalize them, the human condition, this thing that comes. And that because they're energies, they, they can be like colored glasses. You know, if you put on sunglasses inside when it's dark, it's really hard to see. And in the same way, it's like these hindrances can come in and act like filters and affect how we see things. If it's desire, they might be rosy red glasses and make everything look kind of sparkly and pretty. If it's aversion act, you know, glasses, they might, you know, make everything look kind of jangly and not so nice. If it's restlessness and worry glasses, it might be that the glasses are, you know, like, have all kinds of cracks in them. So it's hard to see anything 
in a steady way. We don't see that for real. If it's a slothful pair of glasses, it might be that they're very small, strip and low, and you know, like they're just well, very, <laughs> you know, you know. And and if they're doubting glasses, then maybe they keep changing colors. You know, they keep everything keeps changing, so you can't get settled with any one way. So these they they just color how we're relating to our experience, and if we can start to see with some clarity what's happening we have the potential of freedom because then we can bring this wise and caring awareness of this and there's freedom right there because all of a sudden we have a choice we get to see oh I I'm wearing my pink glasses (laughs) you know if I take them off and I just let myself be with this just as it is how is that too how is that too? So, energy, normal, right? Things that hinder and, and don't miss the moments you're not being hindered. Don't miss the moments of bravery and ease that you do, all of you experience. Start to recognize those and notice, well, what are the conditions that are supporting my being free? My supporting my being at ease? Because maybe I need to pay a little more attention to those. We get very caught up in what we don't like. We're very focused on what we don't like. When maybe there's, you know, you've, you've probably heard this before, but if somebody goes shopping and they spend the day and they go to ten different stores and at nine places, the first nine places... That Christmas shopping, they had everything they need and they have nice sales clerks and all is going well. But the last shop they go to, the clerk is really rude and they don't have what they want. And the person goes home and the first thing that they do is complain, I can't believe that salesperson, (laughs) this this sucked. They were so rude to me. And they spend all their time talking about that one-tenth of the whole experience. And this is what our brains are kind of wired to do, to notice the things that are threats and negative and a problem. Unless we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. There were also nine other experiences that I had today. Of success, of ease, of joy. Let me give that some space and time and energy too. So, so maybe, maybe we'll just sit for like 30 seconds or one minute or something like this.
you, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Is, I think it's me, right? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, there's some homework. Yay! <laughs> and really, so I want you to know there are opportunities. This is good news to notice the hindrances and noticing the absence of them. They are, it's beautiful. It, it's an, a doorway to freedom, a doorway to choice, a doorway to bringing compassion. So the homework is to encourage you to take advantage of these opportunities to recognize these states as they kind of come up and go away in your life. And really notice what supports you and your ability to practice with them and what supports them, your experience of not having them. Really notice these things. Like they matter because they do. They really do. You want to add anything? No. That uh, for those of you who didn't get a handout, uh, we have some up here if you'd uh, like one. And otherwise, we hope to see you next week, and we'll start to dig into them and the specifics and how to work with them some more. So, if you, if you have Thank some questions, you. you can come up and talk to us. Otherwise, we wish you a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome.